We're happy to be here this evening. Give me another amen. amen. All right, before we sit down, let's just take our declaration we normally take. All right, one, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. Not spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I said amen. Amen. If you believe it, say another amen. Amen. I hope you know that that is not just a declaration. It's a prayer. It's not just a prayer. It's a declaration. So when you're uttering it, don't take it as if, uh, okay, these are the things we just you know. Sometimes when you repeat something again and again, people get used to it, you know, and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. Those things are powerful declarations. So we should treat them like that. Amen? Amen. That is by the virtue of this declaration, understanding will come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you believe the things that you have said, say another amen. Amen. I want to say that amen to yourself. What I mean is that you are telling yourself, oh boy, oh girl, that thing I said, I believe it. Are you getting my point? So let me give you, just take about, let's say, 10 seconds and say amen and repeat the declaration. Just to yourself. Say, in the name of Jesus, I receive understanding. I receive insight. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light. It is giving me direction. Healing has come to me. The pain is going away today. The problem is moving away from my body. Strength is returning. In the name of Jesus. Strength is returning to me. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. All right, the Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, shake somebody's hand that the person is beside you. Greet somebody on your left and your right hand. The person, welcome to a blessed time. And as you are doing that, please take your seats. All right, let's get kicking. Everybody, can you please open your Bibles to the book of, um, oh, which one do we start with? The book of Hebrews chapter 10. Let's start from the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Remember, uh, we, last time we began to speak about the way, the truth, and the life. And what we are dealing with is what began from our study, which involved the book of uh, Luke, sorry, John, uh, chapter 17, in which the Lord Jesus told us this is eternal life. This is how eternal life comes. It's through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, His Son, our Savior, our Lord, that we have established again and again that knowledge in the realm of the Spirit is not just intellectual information, is the endowment of power. It's what you know that sets you free. You shall know the truth, and that truth will set you free. It is what you know that brings power into your life. It is what you know. It is what you know that makes demons respect you. It's what you know. And what we're talking about that knowledge is that conscious persuasion. That's what we're saying. In the realm of the spirit, it's like a weapon. It's a weapon. For example, if you know that you are indeed seated high above principalities and powers, and you are seated in Christ, when you settle down, the, you know, let me tell you something. Neville Johnson says something. Very interesting person, man, a prophet. Neville Johnson said, people have asked him before, that can demons read your mind? Because we've said things like this, of course, different teachings, then the realm of the spirit, things are not really hidden. Have you read Regina, the book I, uh, I uh, talk about a lot, The Final Quest? He'll say that when you think in the realm of the spirit, it's as if you are shouting. <laughs> okay? 
so that things like that, you know, you, you think you are thinking, but people are hearing you talk. You think you are thinking in your mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? And sometimes it happens in, in, in physical life. One day I gave, um, some people in my office, they didn't know I was pastor banking, they used to give out our tracts. So one day I entered the, an office where a lot of people seated, and one woman was there, she was reading the tracts. I gave it to her earlier, so she said she was reading it. That's a prayer for your healing. As she was reading the tract, she was shouting, Jesus, my God, ah, eh. So after a while, I said, Madam, is there any problem? She said, what? No, she didn't know she was talking. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. As, she was, as the word was hitting her, the word was making her shout, yeah, amen, Jesus, oh, I, I just don't know what is going on. was when I called her and said, Madam, is there any problem? She didn't know she was talking. Everything she was thinking was just, you know, erupting out of her mouth. Now, if you read people like um, Rick John and could explain to you that in the spiritual realm, that's how it is. Anything you're thinking, people are hearing it. Now, Neville Johnson now says something. That's another point I wanted to understand. Neville Johnson now said that people ask him, can demons read your mind? And he made a statement. He said, they don't have to. He said they don't have to. That if you get into the realm of the spirit, that is very colorful. That if you think you've seen colors on the earth, you haven't seen anything yet. That the realm of the spirit is very colorful. That if you are afraid, the color shows on you. That they can feel it from a distance. Are you getting my point here? I'm adding words now. I want to add my own words. If you are confident, they can feel it. The demons know it. If you are confident, they can feel it. If you are sure what you are saying, it radiates. It's not the shouting. The noise we make physically doesn't get into the realm of the spirit. I said to us before that when Jesus raised Lazarus, he didn't have to raise his voice. The volume he used could not penetrate the rock that was blocking pain. I mean, does it matter? The man is dead. <laughs> so whatever he said had to be said into the realm of the spirit. Never Johnson said, your spiritual characteristics, they show up as colors in the realm of the spirit. Demon is walking past. He knows a man who's afraid. Even many of the prayers we are praying, they know that these prayers are prayers of confidence or prayers of fear. That's what I said the other time. If one funny prophet comes to you and starts seeing spirits around you and you want to start praying, you are attracting those spirits. You are not repelling them. You think you are praying against them, but by activating prayer based on the negative prophecy, you are attracting evil spirits. You are not repelling them. As if somebody comes to me and says to me that witches are after me, before God puts me out of ministry, I will not pray about it. Because if I go and start praying, God will just ask me one day, one day you come and say, what's Pastor Banky? He said he has gotten a new job with WHO. You will not know that it's not how God asks people. Say, where is the job now? He's in Kuwait. He's supervising immunization of Arab children. How did God ask you? He gave you a million dollars a year salary. And he removed sense from your brain. And you will take the money and leave the ministry. Then when you come, Okemute will have one kind of anointing you have not seen before. He will use his anointing and my own combined and be blessing you. Then his fame will spread abroad. There used to be one black guy here those days. In heaven, they will say, what happened? He said the foolish boy was praying about witches. Now God will provoke. No, they have, they have to, listen, be very careful. Though. Don't, they are very, very, very careful. Somebody comes to you and tells that witches are pursuing you and you start fasting. That's it, you're in trouble. You're not making any progress again. That's the end of you. God says, eh, which is opportunity, you turn to fast. With everything I've taught you. Then the demons will now sit down on your shoulders. 
Say, child of God, don't worry, they've gone. You go and sleep in peace. Demons guarding your ears. After one week, they say, ah, seven new spirits have come. Seven new witches are against you. Start praying. You, your wife, your children, you will pray. Oh, you'll be walking on, you'll be looking lean. What happened? I've been fasting. Seven days dry. The spirit said, good, we've got this guy. Meanwhile, you are feeling very powerful. <laughs> you are feeling like a prayer warrior. But in the realm of the spirit, you're naked. <laughs> you're blind. You're dull. Are you getting my point? The evil spirit said, this guy knows nothing. The evil spirit, they know those who know, they know who those who don't know. That's why I've heard all kinds of funny prophecies. When you finish with your prophecy, you should be, you will go and leave me alone. People tell that people are after you. And you know, it always makes me laugh. Let me tell you, as you are here, sitting down here, if I give you the name of people who are after you, you'll be surprised. One of them is called E. coli. One is called Staph aureus, Klebsiella, Pseudomonas, Pseudomonas originosa, Mycobacterium tuberculosis. They're all over the chair you're sitting down there on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it doesn't bother you. Do you know why? You are healthy, your immune system is intact, you're healthy. There are viruses roaming around the community. It doesn't bother you. Why? Your immune system is intact. It doesn't, you don't think about it. Your immune system takes care of those things. So me announcing to you, and you see all these jokers, they're all over town. Number one, let me tell you, there are two types. There are those that know nothing, and there are those that know half. Okay? Those that know nothing, they're all over the place. You see them always blaring speakers. Staff locus. If your stomach is doing bro, 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 it's staphylococcus. You've not seen them. It's total ignorance. And those who don't, <laughs> and then those who don't understand, they will now go to a lab. And the lab will now culture staphylococcus. Because you know why the lab will culture it? Staphylococcus normally is everywhere. It's on your skin. They have different types. I'm not just dealing with that now. You're now going to start taking antibiotics. And this is Nigeria where you can buy antibiotics across the counter. You're not supposed to. It's going to stop. The way this government is going, I give it a few more years, it will end entirely. Oh, no, it's going to end. But because it's still the way it is, we don't buy antibiotics and start drinking drugs every day. Thereby creating unnecessary resistance in the environment. It's because of what? Ignorance. But if they knew what they were supposed to know, they wouldn't bother. Now, this same thing will come to the realm of the spirit. They'll come and tell me which is after me. I'm aware of that. The devil is after me. I'm aware of it. Enemies don't want me to succeed. That's why they are called enemies. If they wanted me to succeed, why would they be called enemies? And, you know, people get deceived by simple things like some people are jealous of your progress. What's the big deal? That's normal life. If you're not making progress... They're not jealous, they're angry. They sit down and say, that boy is very stupid. We told him to take the job, he didn't take it. Do this, he didn't take it. They, they abuse him money after that night. They always are making progress. They don't mind him. It's because his father knows somebody. Let him come and try where they don't know anybody. It's normal life. The prophet has not helped you by showing you that there's staphylococcus on your chair. The prophet has not helped you by showing that there's mycobacterium in the soil you step on. 
There are thousands and thousands of species of mycobacteria alone on the soil you walk on every day. It hasn't helped you. Most of them cannot even infect a sick human being. How much more a healthy one? So by telling me the amount of mycobacteria in the soil, you have not helped me. You have only confused me. So by telling me that I have enemies, you haven't told me anything. Are you getting my point? <laughs> now, this is what confidence. So in the realm of the spirit, but then when people don't know, when they now say them all those, all those things, they now start praying. Those prayers actually don't strengthen them in the spirit. It weakens them. The demons know these guys are afraid. The prophetic word has come to take confidence away from the fellow. Just like many people who are drinking antibiotics, swallowing antibiotics today, they are becoming sick. You know why? Because when they take antibiotics, and I'm talking about as a medical person, when you drink too many antibiotics, they kill the normal bacteria that God put inside your intestine for your protection and for your nutrition. The vitamin K you use is made in your intestine by your bacteria. Most of the bacteria in your intestine, they are harmless to you. But they do one little job, making sure that the harmful ones can't grow because they compete for nutrients. So when you drink too many antibiotics, what happens a lot of times? You kill off the good ones, expose yourself, and there are some dangerous bacteria out there. Let me teach you small medicine today. There's one that's called Clostridium difficile. I need to tell you the name difficile because the name is from difficult. It's so difficult to treat. The point is this. Sometimes when people start taking too many antibiotics, they kill off the bacteria in their system, exposing themselves to dangerous bacteria. In the same manner, when people start praying prayers against witches and wizards and demons and those who are after me, go and check all those people. They are never happy people. They are suspicious people. There are people that it's your birthday, you tend to come and eat. They won't eat in your house. Oh, you've noticed them? Yeah. They can't. Their intestines are weak spiritually. Yeah. You know, people, you know, many people, after they receive wedding presents, they gather the wedding presents in the room and start binding. God knows there are things I don't do. <laughs> no, there are things I don't do. I will use your wedding presents. They can put jazz inside. Jazz knows level. When they reach my house, the jazz will excuse himself and go back to your house. <laughs> like you were praying earlier, spiritual things, can re- they return. And normally they return to who sent them. <laughs> so if you put it there, as soon as I collect, in fact, in case you have money that injures people, please come and give me. Because I'm collecting it. She be, no, be me and you, arrange them. To me, Naira is what? Naira. Dollar is dollar. Once I collect it, as I collect it, Naira, your demons will go back with you. The value in the Naira as agreed on by Mephile and Kemi Adiosho <laughs> and the rest of the world is what I will get. Why? The demons know me. Paul I know. Are you getting my point? Yes, they will live. They live. They say, I bet don't cause trouble for us. So many people get scared. In the realm of the spirit, knowledge is not, it's not just something that's inside your mind. No, the demons can see it. The confidence that the knowledge of God has built in you, they can feel it. That's why they will leave you alone. But when you now turn them to focus, they know you are afraid. And like Bishop, that was how you will say, when you give them attention, they give you direction. They tell you when to wake up to pray. 
Your enemies are not sleeping. Why are you sleeping? You know my answer. Because they are sinners. <laughs> and it is, it, is, it is forbidden. The Bible says there is no peace for the wicked. That's why he can't sleep. But as for me, in peace will I lay me down and sleep. For the Lord alone makes me dwell in safety. Simple. This is what I'm doing. I'm explaining the power of what knowledge. Very important for us to get it. So spiritually, knowledge is not a joke. It's not just that, that um, I know something. No. It builds strength. It builds a spiritual armor around me. Now, I said all of that just to emphasize a point. That, please, that's why we go after knowledge. And anytime Paul will want to pray, Peter will want to pray, that's why he will lay the emphasis. That's why he will lay the emphasis. Say, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Savior. How is grace multiplied? Through knowledge. How is peace multiplied? Through knowledge. Not by praying for peace, but by having the knowledge that produces peace. And we said that's how it comes. Like Just like I quoted Peter now, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So what we're doing is to look at the face of Jesus. We said last time that this is how it works. The revelation you have of the name of God determines the amount of divine power that's revealed to you, that's released to you. We said that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew God by one name, El Shaddai. They experienced him in a particular dimension. Then when it was time for deliverance, for God to fulfill his covenant, he came to Moses and gave him another name. He called the name Yahweh or Jehovah. This is a covenant-keeping God. And that was the basis of deliverance. That name delivered them from Egypt and worked miracles all right, in the, in, amongst the people of Israel. And then when Jesus was going to come, he came with another revelation. He said, I have manifested your name to them. John chapter 17, we read the last time. And that name we said is to know God as Father. And that is as you understand God the Father that you are able to receive his power manifested in your life. And we say, how do we understand God as Father? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because Philip came to him and said, but Thomas spoke, Philip spoke. Both of them wanted to know how to get to the Father. Thomas said, how can you say we know, you, we know where you are going, or the way to the place? When we don't even know where you are going. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. We also saw that when, of course, when he was talking about um, people come to the Father, of course, uh, uh, Thomas said that, Philip now said that, show us the Father. Jesus said that, how, how is it that I've been with you all this while? And you are still asking, show us the Father. He said, I came out of the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So we are saying, if we want to understand God as Father, if we want to understand him and know him well, we focus on the Lord Jesus. The more of Jesus we know, the more of the Father we understand. Are you getting my point? We said, I made this, this, this statement last time, that in the realm of the spirit, in the higher realm of spiritual things, a way is not a physical road. That's a physical thing. Are you getting my point? Then there's another way. A way could be a method, a principle, the method by which you do something. That's another level. But in the highest dimension, a way is a person. That is, when you gaze into the face of Jesus, you are transformed from where you are right now into the presence of the Father. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by me. A statement with me last time, I need to say it again. Because Jesus was not bragging, he was making a statement of fact. He wasn't bragging, he wasn't saying that I'm superior to other um, messiahs that have tried to come. I'm superior to the Islamic messiah. 
I'm superior to the Hindu gods. No, he wasn't saying that. He was making a statement of fact. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you like, go and try the other methods. When you finally get up there, assuming you've been serving Buddha all your life, you finally meditated your life into Buddhism. Are you getting what I'm saying by that? By that, you meditated. You know, there are ways of meditating. You can fast. You won't eat until you start seeing spirits. When you finally, finally see those spirits, they will tell you, say, oh boy, you try. Now, come, follow us. They will now take you to Jesus. See, see that guy? That is the way. Since you can't talk to him directly, go and meet one of his boys. There's one guy preaching down the road. You see, he doesn't look very rich this, with his megaphone. Talk to him. He's close that. That is, if you are listening to this fellow, you will not have spent 10 months fasting. You know, like in one I told you about Hindus, 12 years punishing the flesh. Let me digress for 13 seconds. 12 seconds. Or give me 30 seconds, okay? This punishing of your flesh is not necessary. Just don't sin. People say, I'm putting my body under. Putting body under means what? Don't sin. Are you getting my point? Putting body under just means don't commit iniquity. Because sometimes the body wants to commit iniquity. You will tell it, I want to do. That's why I put the body under. But thinking that I will die of hunger so that God can hear me is not putting the body under. It's called extreme disciplining of the flesh. It doesn't get you anywhere. Hindus have done it. Twelve years I told you, a man refused to sit down or lie down. Why? He wants to achieve something. Oh, these men that are not sitting down lying down, many of them are not wearing clothes in this period. And they are not living in Enugu where it's warm. They are living in the mountains, near the Himalayas. Everywhere is cold, and they are naked. Twelve years naked and not sitting down. If they, they are able to reach any realm, what they will be told is, go and meet the people who are preaching Christ to you. That's what we are saying. Jesus was not bragging. He was helping us. See, boys, don't waste your time. No one can come to the Father except by me. That's a fact. We're not discussing it now. All of us believe it already. We just want to reiterate that point in our hearts. All right? So what we are doing, therefore, in this series, the way, the truth, and the life, what we are doing is to see the face of God again, Christ again, so we can... Remember what we are saying? When we get into the realm of the Spirit, when, this is in, when we have imbibed these truths, it, we glow... In the spiritual realm, we glow. We glow. You don't try to have spiritual power. You either have it or you don't have it. I don't know where I get my point. Listen, listen. This is a matter of fact. I don't know how many of you have gone to the gym before. You've tried to gym. You know, you've tried to carry weight. If you can't carry weight, you can't carry it. You see something, maybe how many pounds now? Okay, let, let's use kg. 20 kg here, 20 kg here with the bar. You lie down, you want to push it up. And it's your first day. But boy, don't bother yourself. If it doesn't get up, it won't get up. There's no technique. I don't know whether I get what I'm saying. If it's to just push up a, a, a bar, it is either you can push it or you can't push it. If you can push it, you put in the energy, it will move. If you can't push it, stay there from now to tomorrow. It's not going to shift. In fact, the longer you stay, the less likely it is to move. So what do you do? You downscale a bit. Go to a smaller one. Put 5 kg here, 5 kg here, plus the bar. It's small, but don't worry. Things will improve. You push that one that day, you continue eating. You come next day, you push it 20 times. Fine. Then you, they ask more to you. 7, 7. One day, 10, 10. Then one day, it's not, you cannot go back to that 20, 20, and you push it. And then if you persist, one day, 40, 40. Don't try it. It's risky, but you know. <laughs> now, what am I saying? Spiritual things are like that also. 
You don't learn the technique of praying so you can have spiritual power. It's not that you saw a man of God shout or another person praying and he shouted and you saw results. You now go and cram the volume. How did he move? You don't say, okay, this night, I'm going to let any demon scare me. The demons will scare you if there's no knowledge in your heart. They will. They will. What gives you strength, what makes you glow and radiate real spiritual light is when you have been packed full of the truth of God. That's what we are saying. So let's focus on it, all right? That is how eternal life comes. The Lord is good. So I said you open somewhere, right? Hebrews chapter 10. So we are looking at the Lord Jesus. Before we read that Hebrews chapter 10, please, if you have opened it, just leave it open. But let's just um, go back to something we read last time. Revelation chapter 1. Let me pick it up from there. So we are looking at Jesus. We want to know him. We are believers. We are believers. Let's know what we believe. We are Christians. Let's know what is the Christ in our Christianity. And that's what I want to establish in this season. Let's look at the Lord Jesus again from verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. If you have a King James, he adds, The beginning and the ending, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Please, that is what I want from there. He said, the Lord Jesus was speaking. I am the beginning and the ending. I am the one who is, who was, and is to come. That's what I want. Now, you see three divisions here. Jesus is, he was, and is to come. Now, the way we interpret it, and I'm not saying it's wrong, it's correct, but I want to adapt it and apply it in another way. The way we interpret it normally is this. Jesus is the same forever and ever. Amen? Alright? But he could have said this like that, but he chose these words. I believe there's something else inside it for us believers. There is what Jesus is currently. There is what Jesus was. And there is what he will come back as. That's the totality of Jesus that we need to know. And we're going to look at it now. I'm not a very systematic um, teacher like that. So I'm, I, I have this habit of mumbling and jumbling everything. It works. That's why you keep coming here. <laughs> if I was more ordered, you won't come. Just by the way, I used to do the other thing before. I will write my sermons. Step, uh, question, um, what do you call Line 1.2.3.4. The one I'm preaching, everybody is sleeping. So I abandoned it. When I want to do point one, point two, I do it in a book. So if you, want to, if you want order in my messages, read my book. But if you want to be blessed, just come listen to me. As it comes to my spirit, I bring it out. Apostle, that's the way it works. Now, so I am going to be speaking, okay? I won't take it. Today we are taking who is. I will just be talking. Along the line, I will point to you that this is what he is. This is what he was. This is what he's going to come back as. It's very important we understand it. There are things that Jesus was. Okay? There are things that he is today. And there is what he will be when he comes again. These are the three dimensions we'll look at this thing in. Alright? And it's the totality of it that helps us to understand Christ Jesus. And by that, we're able to see the face of the Father. Are you getting my point here? So let's take it one by one. Now, I, want to, I said we should open to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. And that's the one that felt, um, that came strongly to my mind that we should start with. The book of Hebrews chapter 10. This is part of who he was. And that thing that he was is the reason why he can be what he is today. 
One of the things that he is today is that he is our advocate with the Father. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He is pleading our case with the Father all the time. His blood is still speaking for us today. I hope you are getting my point here. This is the, the, the dovetail into each other. His blood is still speaking for us today. Today, he is our intercessor. He is taking our case before the Father. Our sins are being forgiven constantly. Not only because he shed his blood before, but because right now he is still pleading with the Father for us. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for those that draw near to God by him. So as at now, he is making intercession for you and for me. That's what he is today. Jesus is a, an advocate. He's, the Bible says that he's touched with the feeling of your infirmities. He knows when you are going through troubles. He knows when a trouble was too heavy for you and that's why you buckled under it. And he knows when you are just being stubborn and disobedient and you should be flogged. He knows everything. He knows you inside out. You are getting my point here. You must understand that. That's what Jesus is today. That's it. You know, as of today, as of today, today that we are talking, he still has flesh. Are you getting my point? That he's operating inside. He, in heaven, the heaven sees him like a part of the human race, but a different kind of human race. Because the Bible talks about two sets of human beings. There is the Adam and then there is the second man. Jesus is the first of the second man. He is the last Adam, but the first of the second man. So what you and I are today in heaven, he is the first. That's a matter of fact. Till now, he carries the flesh. That flesh he resurrected with, he's inside that flesh till today. You are getting my point here. When he came, he ate food. The only difference is that the blood that was flowing inside him then does not flow inside him now. Because the Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. But he shed that blood for you and for me. So now he has become a life-giving spirit. There is a spirit inside him called the spirit of Christ that sustains that flesh he's using today. So when they told him, he said, flesh and bones. That's what he called himself. He didn't call himself anymore flesh and blood. I'm explaining this right now. That's a today, today that you and I are talking. You have a physical human being standing in the presence of the Father who can feel everything you are going through and is making intercession for you. That's a matter of fact. He, listen, that's what he is. He's still part of the same race as you are today. If you are in faith in Christ Jesus, you are part of what the Bible calls the second man. There has been two generations of mankind. There's what they call the first man, Adam, who was made a live, who became a living soul. Now there is a second man. Jesus is the last Adam. Out of a new race he introduced, he's the first. And he is a life-giving spirit to that new race. But for him, you must understand, the way intercession is, if you don't have any connection, you cannot pray for somebody effectively. It's very difficult. If you don't have any connection, it's difficult. Ah, God has to draw that connection. That is why with all your ability to pray, you have not prayed for Croatia in the last one year. Some of you say, ah, why should I pray for Croatia? With all the problems in Enugu. <laughs> You're wondering. But that's actually the way it is. When there's no connection, the prayer is difficult. It's easier for you to pray for people you are connected with. There's a spiritual principle behind it. And that same principle what the Lord Jesus is using. It has to be made like the people that he's helping. 
Without that, he can't help them. We're talking about what he is. So right now, when we're talking about the Lord Jesus, we're we not talking about a historical figure. A man who lived 2,000 years ago. And then he died. And then they say he rose again from the dead. Okay, we believe that by faith. But that's not what we're talking about. Jesus is not a historical figure. He's an ever-present help till now. I hope you are getting my point here. So that when you are praying, listen to this, listen to this. Just in your mind, you know, there are times you want to pray. You tell your wife, let us pray. You join hands together. You have a friend, let us pray. But in your mind, you want to pray. Just understand that there is somebody who is standing there in the presence of the Father, praying on the same matter with you. That's the Jesus we are talking about here. That's what he is. But for him to become that, now this is the interesting part about it. Spiritual things have order. There is order in the realm of the spirit. He didn't just get up one day and that's it. He became an intercessor. He had to qualify to become an intercessor. I don't know whether you hear what I said. You know, the way God does this, he wants to give you a job. He will train you and make sure you qualify to do the job. It's almost like you are saying that, God, don't bother. I'm not, I'm not asking for the job. <laughs> what I'm saying is that he wants to use you. Then he qualifies you to be used. That's how God is. For example, for Jesus to be able to be an intercessor, he had to die for the people he wants to pray for. He can't hide and be praying for them. God said, Lila, I don't listen to that prayer. I'm sorry to say this. I don't mean to be negative. That's why it's always very funny. When people <laughs> disappear from where you are suffering, like in Nigeria, and I disappear to Australia. And for them, they pray for Nigeria in the name of Jesus. <laughs> God said, boy, come back, come back. You will, this year, in the name of Jesus is not working. Why? You are not touched with the feeling of the infirmity. Everything happening is news to you on the newspaper. Do you understand? When you go to CNA, that's when you see it. It is hard. Once I read the book, God Smuggler, Brother Andrew. Brother Andrew went to the Eastern European countries those days by the commandment of God to distribute Bibles to those who they have. One of those is trips. He went to one rural area, I think in Bulgaria, or one of those Eastern block countries. Give me another name. So, I think it was in Bulgaria, one of those countries where he was. He went to one rural area, and there was poverty. Communism breeds poverty. Pure communism always breeds poverty. Okay, and the logic is simply because um, everybody is, you're given a quota of work, and what you get is not tied to what you do. So, people do the minimum they can. You don't own your own land. Anything you produce belongs to the state, and it must be shared. So, there was poverty, and it got there. Of course, a lot of people who could escape had escaped. All right, so he saw this man and the woman, the man and his wife. They were there, living poor on the, what used to be their land. They are still living there. And so he asked them, they were Christians, why have you not left like everybody else? Because by that time, the village was virtually empty. And the man looked at him and said, leave? Who will stay behind to pray? The man said, who will stay behind to pray? That is, man understood that this prayer, in this situation, we have to pray it from here. The thing must touch us. And it's prayers of people like that because God will plant them here and there. When God is moving, he doesn't use CNN. I hope you understand that. What you see on CNN is what he has already done. When he's moving underground, he's not reporting in the news. It doesn't make the news. Many of those things, except God will reveal it to somebody who will know they happened. So for USSR to crumble, for communism to crumble, God planted people here and there, here and there, here and there. 
and prayer was rising from the land. And then one day, the thing was complete. And then he released the spirit and everything crumbled in one day. That's how it happens, alright? So we are saying something. So for the Lord Jesus to be able to help us, for him to be an effective high priest, for him to be an effective intercessor, there are things he had to go through. And one of them was to die. He had to suffer. That was what qualified him. Without that, he wouldn't have been able to stand and be praying for us in the presence of the Father. We are talking about who this Jesus we claim when is our Lord is. We must understand him properly. He knows each and every one of us by name. He knows. And when he wants to pray for you, ah, this will interest you. He mentions your name. You're not a general like, um, I pray for all the Christians in Enugu. He doesn't do such things. He, he might, if there's a body, if there's a church, a body, a church wants to pray for us together. But once you handle your matter, you're not a nebulous, you know, just a number on the list. He knows your name. He knows what is troubling you. He knows what needs to be solved. He talks about those matters. The problem we have as believers is we don't obey his word when he sends the word. If only we will obey, we won't have all the problems we are trying to solve. That's the, what I've told you is a matter of fact. The Lord Jesus knows your name. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. What he wants is for us to just obey. There's nothing we can cook up really. What, what do we know? <laughs> I was teaching something in the last week. There are many of the things we call temptations that Christians fall for. The Lord said they are not temptations. They are things they have already fallen for. I gave them the power to overcome the temptation when the temptation came. They rejected it. But then when you now see the result, are you getting me, of the temptation they fell for before, you think that's when the temptation began. What I'm going to say is that the Lord Jesus actually had taken care of the situation. Say this boy can't handle that situation that's that big. So early he had prayed, gotten strength from the Father. But one thing we can never force him to do is force us to obey. That's why we have to all the time consecrate ourselves to obedience. God, Jesus knows you by name. When he's praying for you, he mentions your name. His prayer for, for my wife is more effective than my own. I don't know what I get my point. That is, he knows her more than I do. That is the law we are dealing with. He's not somebody who dropped commandments for us and said, be on your own and fulfill the commandments. These are the five tenets of the religion. He's not even like Moses, who gave 613 commandments and died and left you alone. He's not like that. He's very different. He's very different. He gives, let me put it, he gives instructions. He doesn't only give instructions, he teaches you truth. He says walk in truth. When he knows that walking in truth is difficult, he prays for you. He said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And that's what he's still doing to the Peters of today. All of us, mentioning us one by one. He did not stop praying because he had left the earth. He left the earth with a body that can still pray in the presence of the Father. There are prayers he utters angels can't utter. Because God will say, what's your business? You don't understand what's going on. So for him to be able to do that, the Lord had to qualify him for it. Next time you call the name Jesus... Remember, somebody is actually listening and answering. Yes, sir. Did you hear what I said? Yes, it's a person's name. It's not a religious name. 
Every other person that found the religion on this earth, when you mention their name, they can't hear you. Some of us Christians think we can pray to through people who are dead. Listen, they've gone. The only person you can pray through is the person that's still alive. I won't say alive, physically alive. Jesus is physically alive. Are you getting my point? When he rose up, he didn't share that body he rose up with. He, he holds it till today that you and I are speaking. He came down and to show that that body was real, he ate fish. He cooked for them. Told them to touch him. At the point in time, after they had been with him for days, like 40 days, he had talked to them, showed them things, explained things to them. Finally, he rose up. He didn't shed the body. He took that body and went up with it. And using that same body, he's still praying, prostrating himself before the throne of the Father on your behalf. Hebrews chapter 10. That's what Christianity is. I'm not joking here. Now, what I want to talk about, all right, which is why I'm reading this, like I said, he had to be qualified to do that. So we are taking going a step backwards, then we'll come back to what he is. This is what he was. At least, like I said, they dovetail into each other, just like a relay race. Sometimes it's hard for us to even break this one as it was or is, but they flow together. He said, For the law, since he had only a shadow of good things to come, and not the very form of things, can never, by the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the worshiper, having been, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins. That is, would that not, would that not have happened? So, but in those sacrifices, now follow this, because that's what I'm talking about, the sacrifices. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year by year. Now notice verse 4. For it is impossible... For the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. He said, therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. And the scroll of the book is written of me to do your will, O God. Now notice verse six, verse 8, sorry. After saying above, sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them. Said so these things, he said, were offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. What did he do by that? He takes away the first in order to establish the second. Please notice that. That's Jesus for you. 